Exodus chapter 14 this morning, Exodus chapter 14, I really believe that the message can be a blessing to us this morning, Exodus chapter 14, I'm going to preach on the subject, it takes faith to stand still, it takes faith to stand still. Let's begin reading in verse number 10 of Exodus chapter 14. Mark your Bibles there as we'll look at another verse or two in just a little bit. The Bible says, And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them, and they were sore afraid. And the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord, and they said unto Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore hast thou dealt thus with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? Is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, Let us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians? For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. And Moses said unto the people, Now pay attention right here. Fear not. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show you today. For the Egyptians whom ye have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. The Lord shall fight for you, and ye shall hold your peace. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would bless the preaching of your word at this time in our lives today. Lord, we need this truth right now. This is a truth that is applicable for our lives. It's a truth that was a blessing to me in reading the word of God. I pray it can be a blessing to those that will hear the message today. Lord, as it has been to me already, fill me with your Spirit. I ask you, I hunger to be filled with the Spirit of God. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. This event in the history of the nation of Israel is so important for us to understand today. The children of Israel have been delivered from bondage in the land of Egypt And they have been delivered for the purpose of inheriting the land of Canaan, which was the land flowing with milk and honey. Now, I'm not not sure what they expected once they were delivered from the land of Egypt and started making their way to the land of Canaan. I'm not sure what they expected, but their journey would not be an easy journey. Let me just say quickly by way of application, the Christian life is not a life of tranquility. And that ended when Satan entered the Garden of Eden and caused Adam to sin. His wife was deceived and every man born since the fall of man in the garden has been born a sinner with a sin nature And there is no tranquility and will not be until we get to heaven. But now wait a minute. It's not a life of defeat either. The Christian life, while it's not a life of tranquility, it's a life of victory. It's a life of moving forward. And we can be winners in spiritual warfare. We can be winners in the Christian life. 
I want you to notice again verse number 13 and 14 as I emphasize something very important. God is speaking to the children of Israel and he says, And I, behold, I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians and they shall follow them and I will get me honor on, upon Pharaoh and upon all his host, upon his chariots and upon his horsemen and the Egyptians, notice this statement, the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I have gotten me honor upon Pharaoh, upon his chariots, and upon his horsemen. You see, God had specifically directed Israel to their place of encampment. Now, they've left the land of Egypt. They're marching toward the land of Canaan. Now, the Red Sea is before them. And God told them to set up their camp just this side of the Red Sea. Now, I want you to think about what God is doing. God said to them, uh, the, uh, the uh, armies of Pharaoh and Pharaoh, they're going to see you and they're going to follow you. When, the <coughs> when they saw the Egyptian army coming, they cried out in fear. And I can understand that. You and I would cry out in fear too. If we were marching and before us was a Red Sea and behind us was the army of Israel. Fear and faith wrestle in the heart of the child of God every day. That's why we need the Word of God. That's why we need the preaching of the Word of God. They cried out in fear and they cried out to the Lord which was the right person because they were going to get the right answer. By the way, some of the children of Israel criticized Moses and said, you brought us out here to die in the wilderness. It would have been better had we just served Pharaoh in Egypt. And let me say, Egypt is never better and doing the will of God is not easy, but it's always worth doing the will of God. I don't have a lot of time right here, so I want to get to the purpose of the message. But as the church moved forward reading the book of Acts, they often faced difficulty, but it wasn't because the church was moving forward. It was because the devil is always trying to keep us from victory. I want to say we've got to keep moving forward. We have to keep following by faith the instruction of the Lord. Now, when they went to Moses and they said it had been better for us to uh, uh, die in Egypt, God spoke to them. He said, now you listen to me, and Moses, you tell them what I said. I want you to fear not, number one. I want you to stand still, number two. Number three, you're going to see uh, the salvation of the Lord. When we come to verse 13, Israel is called to exercise their faith in the Lord by standing still. Now, this is difficult to do. It is easier to run forward than it is to stand still. And God was actually using them, uh, using His own children to cause the enemy to chase after them. Had God parted the waters and they went across on dry land, the enemy would have still been there. But God said, I'm going to get glory not only from the miracle I'm going to work in your life, 
I'm going to get glory from Pharaoh and his chariots, letting the world know, no matter how big and strong Egypt is, they're still under my control. And God did get glory not only from rescuing the children of Israel and providing a miracle, God got glory from Pharaoh and his armies being drowned in the midst of the Red Sea and showing the world that he was God and he is God. Now, now I don't enjoy this part of the Christian life, and none of us would. Here we are, uh, the children of Israel are being pursued by the enemy. And God is sort of using them as bait. He's using them as allurement. And boy, sometimes it seems like the enemy gets mighty close to us, doesn't it? It seems like sometimes the enemy just breathing down our neck and they're going to bring defeat. But God said, wait a minute now, fear not, I'm still in control. No matter how close the enemy gets to you, even though you can see the enemy, even though you can hear the threats. Now, this is not enjoyable. Uh, there's no time or place that we enjoy having difficulty or facing problems or having an enemy of Christ or the enemy of the church or the enemy of an individual Christian doing right. We, we, don't, we don't like to feel them breathing down our necks, but dear friend, God was using them as an allurement to get the children of Israel uh, or to get the army of uh, Egypt to follow them that he could show victory in both ways. Now, God did protect his people, and he did deliver them, and may I say, God's power in the past should cause us to trust his promises for today. I want you to think with me in the message this morning. There are many times in life that we're called to pause. We like to keep moving forward. I like to keep having victory. I like to keep building. I like to keep growing. I like to keep winning people to Christ. But the truth is, in the Christian life, and you look at this in every example, every person in the Word of God, there were times that God brought them to a pause, and He said, now you trust me in the pause. I want you to stand still for just a moment. I want you to look at the enemy just a moment. I want you to look at my hand and my power. Now, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to deliver you. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to not only bless you, I'm going to show the enemy that I'm God. And I want you to trust me in the time of pause. I want you to notice then what the Bible says in verse number 15. And the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore criest thou unto me? Speak unto the children of Israel that they may go forward. But lift thou up thy rod and stretch out thine hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. And I, behold, I will hearten the hearts of the Egyptians and they shall follow them and I will get me honor upon Pharaoh and upon all his host, upon his chariots and upon his horsemen, and the Egyptians shall know that I am 
the Lord. Now here's what happened. A strong wind began to blow. Now seeing the enemy wasn't frightening enough. A strong wind begins to blow. I believe that strong wind probably brought a great fear to the children of Israel. They thought, wow, now, not only do we have this enemy behind us that's, coming, uh, that's closing in to kill us, uh, not only do we have the Red Sea before us, now we've got some kind of a storm. Uh, we're going to die one way or the other. There's no hope. But the truth is, God was using that wind not to hurt them, but to part the water that he may deliver them. By the way, Pharaoh's army followed them, believing they could catch them, believing they could overtake them, believing that they could kill them. But when God got the children of Israel on the other side, he brought the waters back together and he drowned Pharaoh. By the way, if you'll think back to a few years before, Pharaoh had said, these people are getting too many, and uh, I'm going to drown those Jewish infant boys when they're born. I want you to kill them. I want you to take their life. And some of them uh, were drowned, and God said, I'm going to give you a taste of your own medicine. And he drowned Pharaoh and his armies. Now, I want to say this morning that God delivered them but before he performed the miracle, there was a pause in their marching. Now, the truth is, all of us like to march on to victory. It's easier to face the enemy and move forward. It's easy just to keep marching on and gaining new ground. But the truth is, God often causes us, calls us to a place of silence, a place of standing still, a pause in our life before we move forward. And that's what happened here. Now think about this illustration, if you will. Every time you see a child of God, a man of God, a woman used in the Bible, uh, you will see that there was a time of pause, there was a time to stand still before they move forward. Not only that, you will see as they move forward in victory, God would often bring a pause in their life, and that pause would cause them to be reminded that God is in control. For example, do you know before Moses became a leader to lead the children of Israel out, God put him on the backside of the desert for 40 years. A time of pause, a time of waiting. And then, of course, he came to that day of the burning bush, and then God called him to go and lead the children of Israel out but there was a pause in his life before he moved forward. I think of the Apostle Paul and how that when he got saved, there was a period of time between his salvation and between God, the time that God would fulfill his will in Paul's life. In fact, when you study the life of Paul, you'll find Paul moved forward and then paused. There was a trial. There was a difficulty. Paul would recommit his life to faith in Christ and he would move forward again. And there would be another pause and he would move forward again. For example, uh, there were times that Paul's preaching ministry was put on hold as he was placed in jail. 
And God would say to him, I'm going to take care of you. You just have faith in me. I was reading this week the story in the book of Acts where the storm of Eurachlodon came and that he thought he would lose his life and that would be the end. But it was another, another pause in his life that God was saying, Paul, you have to preach the gospel in Rome. You're not going to die here. But it was a pause. It was a time to look up and see that he is God. God, and I have it underlined in my Bible, and I want you to see it, uh, that the Bible says that they may know uh, that I am the Lord. And he said, I'm going to get honor uh, from uh, myself, from the miracle of parting the water. I'm going to get honor from uh, taking uh, uh, the lives of Pharaoh and his army that opposed uh, uh, the children of God and so mistreated them. And there's a pause in our life today. Uh, to be honest with you, I'm not enjoying the pause. You know what I'd like to do? I'd like to keep moving forward. I'd like to keep building one building after another. I'd like to keep adding bus routes. I'd like to keep planting churches and keep moving forward. But sometimes God said, wait a minute, let's just pause right here. Time out. We're going to take a time out. You're going to know that I'm God. You're going to know that I'm in control. You're going to know that I have everything in my will and life is not about what you're accomplishing for me. Life is about me being in your life and you recognizing that I'm God. And so we find ourselves in a pause today. It takes faith to stand still. Certainly it takes faith to move forward. It takes faith to stand still. Think of David. When we think of David, we think of two or three major stories. We think of him killing Goliath, of course, as a young man. And we think of him as the king of Israel. We think of him as the great psalmist of Israel. Those were the highlights. But if you look between the highlights, you'll see times of pause, times of waiting. Do you know when Samuel went to the house of Jesse and David was anointed to become the next king of Israel, do you know there was a 30-year time period between the time of his first anointing and the time that he wore the crown? You know what the Bible says of David? And David behaved himself wisely. Four different times you'll find that statement. And David behaved himself wisely. Now, what we want to do is say, well, wow, this is great. I've been anointed king. Let's get on with it. God said, you've been anointed king. Now, let's take a pause here and recognize that I'm in control. Let's take a pause here and recognize that you're to bring honor and glory to me in my life. As I think of all the different events that brought a pause in David's life, sometimes it was the enemy. Saul tried to kill David. There were times that they were that David was running from Saul. He ran into a cave one evening to hide. And you know, he found in the cave, he found Saul. Saul was lying there asleep. And if you remember, some tried to get David to kill Saul. But he wouldn't do it. He cut off a piece of his skirt and he showed it to him the next day. And he was letting him know God's in control. There were times of pause in David's life. As you look through the scripture and you find the life of Joseph, we think of Joseph as the one that was loved of his father. 
He was given the coat of many colors. We think of Joseph as being that great leader in the land of Egypt and saving not only that country but saving his people in the whole world because of his wisdom through the time of plenty and then the time of the famine. But if you look at uh, Joseph's life, it doesn't go from the promise to the victory. It doesn't go from the uh, uh, time that uh, he had that dream until it was fulfilled. There were many times a pause in his life. Sometimes the devil tries to make us think, well, it's over. Your dream, God's will for your life is never going to be fulfilled. Imagine how Joseph must have felt when he was thrown into that pit and he heard his brothers laughing and talking and, uh, and then eventually selling him as a slave uh, to Potiphar. And of course, life gets going again and he's moving along and one day Potiphar's wife makes an accusation against Joseph. It was a false accusation, but Potiphar, uh, he believed it and he threw Joseph in jail. Another pause in his life. He didn't enjoy the times of pause, but can I say, it takes as much faith to stand still as it does to move forward. I say to us today, church, let's have faith in God to stand still. Or you say, preacher, it would be better if we could get that building going. I want to get it going, but I want to have faith when God says to stand still. Oh, preacher, it would be good if we get our buses going again. I agree with that. And I can't wait to hear uh, the engines roaring and the buses rolling and the buildings filled. Uh, but sometimes God says stand still. And we need to have faith when He says to stand still. I want you to get this statement. The faith that we have in the time of waiting is the faith that will lead us to victory in the time of moving forward. You see, the faith that we have in waiting is the faith that God will use for the time of victory when He says to move forward. We've all been in races. When I was a boy running and racing and outside games, that was just a part of life. Uh, now most racing is done on a computer or a uh, telephone or something like that. But used to, we did run and wrestle. We, we did fight. We did uh, have outside games, not just on a, on a computer. You remember how we would line up and uh, a starter would say, Ready, set, go! And boy, I remember doing that. Then there were times uh, that uh, they would get everybody right there on that starting block ready to take off, see who could run the fastest. And they'd say, ready, set. Then they'd say, foul, because somebody took off before they were supposed to. There have been times I've taken off before I was supposed to. There's a time to get ready. There's a time to get set. It takes faith to just stand still. And then when God says go, we can go. But when it's time to stand still, let's decide, I'm going to have faith in God. And God is just as much in control before the waters are parted as He's in control when He's parting the waters. Oh, I love to tell the stories of how God's parted the waters. I love to tell the stories of how God's provided the money. I love to tell the stories of how a check of $10,000 or $40,000 or a million dollars has come. Boy, we're moving forward. But sometimes God says, stand still. See the salvation of the Lord. We say, hey Lord, better hurry. They're getting close. Lord, we're running out of time. 
God never runs out of time. He is time. He is in control of time. I preached to us this morning. I preached to me and I'm letting you hear it. Have faith in God in the times when God says to stand still. As I look back over the ministry here of going on 30 years now, we've seen many times of great victory in our church. I think so often on that first Wednesday night, my wife and I and little toddler boy went in for the first service and 18 people were there. And oh, I could give you the highlights year after year, 1991, 92, 93, 95, building the gymnasium, 98, building a new church building, 2000, buying property at, at uh, uh, Versailles Road for Commonwealth Baptist College, and on and on. I can talk about the camp and the and 20 different times that we built buildings. Boy, I like it when we get to run fast, don't you? I like it when we add bus routes, don't you? I like it when there's a conference going on and folks have gathered from around the country and the choir is singing and the folks are shouting and the Word of God is being preached. Don't you like it when we get to run fast, when we get to defeat the enemy? Don't you like it when it's a time of victory, when it's a time that we have become a champion and boy, God is using us in a great way. But can I tell you something? I can also look back at these 30 years when God said, now, I want you to pause just for a moment. I said, but God, wait, we're ready to go. I know, but I'm not. I want you to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. I look back and can I tell you, just as much as moving forward were times of victory, so was the standing still a time of victory. Because God, you see, got our attention in those times. And we saw God while we were standing still. We saw the enemy. We saw the opposition. We saw the difficulty, I think, of the camp. God's been so good to us at Circle C uh, Baptist Ranch and uh, Brother Smith and his wife. Such a blessing as we've uh, enjoyed camp for all these years. I remember in the beginning and the time that it took and the difficulties. And I'll not rehearse all those stories. But we didn't just say one day we're going to start a camp, buy a piece of property, build a building. Uh, no, there were a lot of times of pause. There were a lot of times of difficulty. There was a lot of times when the enemy uh, raised its ugly head and we thought, oh no, uh, the devil is going to defeat us on this. That wasn't a time of defeat at all. It was a time when God was saying, hey, 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 let me have your attention please. All of this is not because of you. It's because of me. And not only have we been blessed in the camp, the enemies of the camp have been defeated. Here we are, Art, another pause. We never planned this pause. We, we never planned this. We planned to have camp until the rapture took place, until Jesus came, and all of a sudden you say, oh no, what are we going to do? We're going to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. And you know what we're going to do? We're going to look back. I, I, I know what I see right now. How are we going to pay the bills? We don't have any income. We still have staff. We still have families to take care of. I still have folks on the staff. I've got to make sure that their house payment is made. I've got to make sure that they have a, a, a salary for them to buy food. And then I look at practically and I say, but we're not going to have any campers. We're not going to, have, we're not going to receive any money. And, and, and we still have the expenses. How are we going to make it? And you know what God says? Just stand still. 
and see the salvation of the Lord. It takes faith. In fact, it may take more faith to stand still than it does to take off. Get ready. Get set. I want to go. I want to run. And I'm waiting for God to pull the trigger and say, go. Right now, he said, you just understand, hey, the fellow that is starting the race, he's in control right now. And the God of heaven's in control. And the day's going to come and we're going to look back and we're going to look at this day and say, boy, wasn't God good? In that time, we didn't know what was going to happen. We didn't know uh, how we were going to make ends meet. And God took care of us again. For several years, I preached in not only this church, but I, I preached around the nation that our buildings were full. And uh, we'd been on Clay's Mill Road for all of those years, and we'd look for property, and I preached a message by faith, He maketh a way. And I made a statement, I made it all over the nation. I don't know what God's going to do for us. I don't know how God's going to bless our church but I know He's going to. And one of these days, I'm going to come back to this town and this church. One of these days, I'm going to stand up at Clay's Mill Baptist Church and I'm going to say, look what God has done. And you know what? That day has come. I walk on this 80 acres drive on it. Most of the time, it's too big to walk around all the time. But I walk on this property and drive on this property and say, oh my, God, it's amazing what you've done. Oh my, Look to see what you've done. And then there comes a time of pause and God says, Hey, do you remember who's in control? you remember who you're doing this for? Do you remember how I provided in the times of difficulty before? Let me remind you again, God is in, const- uh, God is in control. He said, Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Oh, God is good. I want to praise Him today. I want to rejoice in His goodness today. My mind is flooded with memories. I remember when we were building that first gymnasium back in 1993 over at the property on Clay's Mill Road. And I remember how we'd come to a a stop, a pause. We'd run out of money, but we didn't have the building finished. And I said to our folks, we've got to have $50,000 to finish it, but we've borrowed all that we can borrow. And there was a time of a pause. There was a time that we had to wait. But you know what? I could, I'm not going to. I could give you the name of the person that came to my office and said, Preacher, I'd like to make this loan for $50,000 and get that building finished. And you, I want you to pay it back, but no interest at all. And we finished the building and we paid the $50,000 back. And that time of a pause was a time I spent on my knees. That was a time I was reminded that there's a God in heaven. I'm preaching to those of you here today. You've come to a pause in your life. You know, I was thinking of our high school graduates this week as I was preparing the message. Why, they didn't plan for any pause this summer. They planned to graduate this month of May, go on family vacation, go on to college or Bible college, whatever God's will was for their life. And all of a sudden, everything came to a stop. And you may think, well, I'm going to be different than everybody else. I I didn't get to have a graduation exercise and what's going to happen? I'll tell you what's going to happen. God's saying, hey, I'm in control. And when you get to moving forward again, don't forget this time when you and I got close together and I reminded you that I am in control of life. I think of college students as they prepare for, Bible college students that prepare for ministry and they come to a time of pause in their life. 
Some have come to times of sickness. Some have come to times of a setback. And it's discouraging. You know what God says? Stand still. Stand still. Have enough faith to stand still. You see, it takes faith to stand still as much as it does to move forward. There are going to be more pauses in our life, and there needs to be. I think of Paul and Silas as they were preaching and they were put in jail. They were put in jail in it, and, and they hadn't planned to have four nights of meetings and then spend three nights in jail. They didn't plan that. You don't ever plan a pause. They just happen. You know what Paul and Silas decided to do? When it came midnight, they'd been beaten, and, and, and their hands and feet were put in stocks and bonds, and, 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 and they, they couldn't minister to one another in the wounds that they had on their back. You know what they did? Midnight came. I don't know what song they sung, but they probably, some, probably sung something like this. Once I drifted out in sin, had no hope nor joy within, and my soul was burdened down with pride. Then the Savior came along, and He showed me I was wrong, and He placed me on the winning side. Hey, they began to sing. They began to praise God. And you know what God did? He came down in that jail cell and He visited with them and the place was shaken. It was a time of pause that the miracle took place. It was a time of pause that God showed Himself real. I'll tell you what I'm looking for. I'm not looking for discouragement or defeat or despair. I'm looking for God to show Himself great because in the time of pause, that's when God reminds us, hey, I want you to know I'm in control. I know you see Pharaoh. I know you see his army. I know you see the horses marching and you hear the sound of the hooves. I know you see before you the Red Sea. Ah, but if you'll stand still, I'll let you see the salvation of the Lord. And boy, the time came when the wind began to blow and the waters began to part and God said, Go! He had said, Ready. He had said, Set. And all of a sudden when he said go, they began to march and they walked across on dry land. And when they did, they got to the other side. God closed those waters in. You may be at home sick today. You may be in the hospital sick today. There's a time of pause in your life and you wonder, God, what are you doing? I can't do anything for you today. I can't do anything for you in this situation. Oh yes, oh yes, you can recognize in the time of pause in the time of waiting, he's still a good God. And he is the one that's in control. So you know what we're going to do today in the time of pause? We're going to praise him anyway. We're going to tell everybody, our God is a king of kings and Lord of lords. You know what we're going to say? These are some of the best days we've ever had in the history of our church when God said, I want you to know I'm still in control. And we're going to praise Him for who He is. We're going to thank Him for what He does. And we're going to have faith not just to move forward. We're going to have faith to stand still. Just wait. What is it that you're anxious for today? What is it that you wish you could just move on and forget a part of your life and just move on? Stand still. If you'll stand still, you'll see God in your life. And it won't be long until God will say, move forward. And when you know you're in the will of God, 
You know you move forward when God says to move forward. You'll know that life is wonderful, yielded to the will of God. I want us to come to a time of decision. This morning I'm going to ask my wife to play an invitation song. There's nobody in the building but her and I and Jeremy and his wife taking care of the sound system this morning. But I have sensed the presence of the Holy Spirit this morning. And I believe God is saying, just stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. As she plays on the invitation song, perhaps in your family, in your life, you come to a time of pause. You see the enemy behind you. You see the obstacle before you. The only thing you can do is look up. Let's do it. Let's look up and say he's still God. He's the God that's in control. And I'm going to stand still. I'm going to fear not. I'm going to stand still. And I'm going to see the salvation of the Lord. And when it happens, I'm going to tell folks for years to come what happened that summer of 2020 when God put life on pause. When God called the nation and the world to halt and to recognize that He is God. Don't be discouraged, college student. Hey, church planter, we've started... Do you know we're, we set a goal some years ago to start 50 churches? Do you know we've been able to help start some 45 churches? You say, yeah, but preacher, it's all on pause. What do we do now? We stand still to see the salvation of the Lord. Just stand still. God's still in control. It takes faith to stand still like it takes to move forward. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'd bless the message to our hearts this morning. Thank you, Lord, for speaking to my heart and helping me to know that it takes as much faith to stand still as it does to move forward. One day, Lord, we'll look back and we'll say those were special days. They were difficult days. They were challenging days. But those were days when we saw the hand of God in a mighty way. Bless our dear people, I pray. Help them, encourage them, strengthen them. And Lord, we look forward to the guns sounding and you saying, it's time to go. But until then, we praise you for being the God of who you are, even in the pause. I pray that you'd bless the afternoon, help us. Lord, we're going to come back for church tonight at 6 o'clock. I pray that you'd bless the preaching tonight, the preparation for it. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.